Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and we are live in Indianapolis for the National Scouting Combine. We've got a lot to get to today, but before we get into what is happening right now here in Indianapolis, let's first catch up with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. I had an exclusive one-on-one sit-down with the Eagles head coach just to talk about the Combine process, what he gets out of the week in Indianapolis, what it's going to be like for him to return back to Indy after being there for three years as the offensive coordinator for the Colts. We're going to talk about about all of that right at the top of the show in Mr. Relevant. After that, C- uh, C-Mac, Chris McPherson is going to join me here for Draft Buzz. we got a couple newsworthy items to come out of the last couple of days leading into the week's events here for the Combine, and we'll wrap it up with our draft mailbag. A bunch of questions for you at home. We will make sure we get on that at the end of the show. As always, before we get things started, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, that is the place to leave it. We will answer it here on an upcoming episode. That said, let's get into the very top of the show. Excited to sit down with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni for this week's Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. All right, well, excited to welcome to the first time here on the Journey to the Draft podcast, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's get into, I guess, first kind of set the scene for us. We haven't heard from you for a few weeks uh, since the uh, the end of the season, since the uh, the press conference uh, after the season ended. What have you been up to? What have the coaches been up to uh, over the last few weeks? Um, you know, what we've really been doing is, you know, you, work, you go into the evaluation of your season. Now, we haven't really started – as far as watching all the plays and, and what we will, we'll get to that to watch every single play that we ran this season. But right now what we're doing is, you know, it goes into a quick evaluation of the team, what your needs might be moving forward, who's back, uh, just every, every little thing about the players um, and, and the individual players. Again, we'll get to scheme in a little bit. Um, and then, you know, so that was our early part of it. Then it was our free agent, you know, our free agent draft board of, you know, going or pardon me, free agent stuff where, you know, we're going over the, the different free agents to try to improve the team. And now we're into to combine prep, um, you know, and draft prep. And so, I, you know, I think it's really important that we have a lot of the player, you know, the guys that we're meeting with, the guys that we're scouting, that we have a big portion of those, their, their tapes studied so we know what to talk to them about. And so, you know, that, that takes a lot of time, you know, as there's a lot of players at the combine. And then every coach has, has different um, projects that they're working on, things that we want to get better at, that we know we need to get better at, that we're, that we're working through and uh, working around the league with the tape that we have, different coaches that we know, et cetera. So we're busy in here um, just always trying to, you know, live by the example we preach all year, how are we getting a little better each day, and that doesn't stop just because the season's over that continues to go and that, and we got to set that uh, example as coaches because we know our players are doing the same thing uh, as they're taking time away but as I talk to our guys they're working out getting ready for next season as well I mean, it's got to feel like you're ahead of the game at this point compared to last year right because you're just kind of putting the staff together and just kind of getting your feet on the ground uh, in Philly compared to where you are right now yeah most definitely you know you, you know like we look at our um, schedule from last year as we're, as we're making our offseason schedule for this year and it's it's amazing all the things that we had to do to get to get ready, um, and how much of an advantage, you know, how much more ahead of that we are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as as coaches, you know, you're not we don't we don't just say, oh, we got some free time, put my feet up. We actually end up watching more players or right. studying more scheme. 
um, which is good because it can just help you get a little bit better. So last year, you talked about how fun it was to be able to get with the personnel staff and kind of lay out, hey, this is what we're looking for at every position. This is what we want our identity to be. A year from now, or a year later now, uh, having played that 2021 season, do you make major or major changes? Is it minor tweaks? Uh, how do you kind of go about uh, now going into year two? You know, it's never it never stays the same, that's yeah. for sure. So it's always, and, and you know, our the process and the things that we said we're looking for has been built up over mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14 years in the NFL, right? And so you don't want to just make major changes unless it's necessary, right? Because you've thought, put a lot of thought into it, but there's always, always tweaks. In fact, that's what we were just kind of going over in one of those one of those tapes that we that we when we're talking about what we're looking for in guys, and we made a couple tweaks. Hey, add instead of having that uh, route to explain to the scouts what we're looking for of Keenan Allen running the route or T.Y. Hilton running the route. You know, we did that with Devontae this year, showed the Devontae one. Uh, and so it's just always and, – and, and things change a little bit here and there. So it's always made, it's always little tweaks here and there um, to help make your process a little bit better. Um every year you go forward with it. So you talk about just changes. Uh, you're going back to Indianapolis, a place you're familiar with this week for the combine. Uh, how is it going to be different different for you though this week, going to this event for the first time as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine my time's going to, you know, I'll, I'll let you know more <laughs> we, after we go through it, but I know my time is going to be, I'm going to be more, more formal interviews, uh, obviously, um, you know, with all the defensive side. I'm looking forward to it though, you know, and then all the, normally, when you're done with that uh, offensive side as an offensive coach, you go home. And yep. So I'll just, I'll just stay for a couple more days, <laughs> which is fine. I like Indy, but um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, you know, putting a, you know, watched a lot of tape on these guys already. Again, you know, still got a lot of work to do, but looking forward to put a face on the, the tape that we've been watching um, and get to know these guys um, and see if they have what it takes to, uh, and you know here mm. to see if they can they can be they can be an eagle uh, having been out there a bunch of times it can be a little groundhog day ish uh, especially going out there for an entire week what's your favorite part of the experience though is it meeting with the players is it drills is it uh, hooking up with fellow coaches what's your favorite part of the whole trip um you know i really again you just i i think you what i what i like about it again when you go in there with having watched a lot of guys it's Hey, all right. Now I'm going to see. I, I thought this guy was really fast on tape. Is he going to run that fast? Right. And 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 I I thought this guy had really good um, uh, change of direction on tape. Is he going to do that? You know, is he going to do that with his time speed? And then again, I think you you the the talking to the player and figuring out who that person is um, and and how they think about football. The things you can't get from tape how tough they are, how competitive they are, how, you know, all these little different things that we want to look for when we talk about, does he have an inside to, to, um, to be an Eagle? Like you're, you're getting, you're getting that, you know, Scott's been working on that all year, but us as coaches get to see it, that, that the first steps of that. Now we got a lot more work to do, mm-hmm. but this is the first interactions that we're being able to get with the players as coaches. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I love the, you know, kind of seeing how the time looks you know you watch you watch the drills and, it, and it, you're just confirming from the drills of what you saw and what I like enjoy about it is like man that guy was a little bit better 
uh, in the drills than he, you know, maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. Or you know, that guy was a little worse in those drills than what I saw on tape. Again, it's just a piece of the puzzle, but it helps you kind of confirm um, some of the things that you've seen on tape. Sure. And you talked about the interview portion of it. I wanted to ask you, last year you talked about, uh, you know, doing the, the rock, paper, scissors with the guys over Zoom. But obviously, it's going to be a lot different dynamic this year. Uh, how does that change being in front of the guy in the same room as opposed to last year doing it virtually? Yeah, I think a, a lot different. I think, um, you know, if I had my choice, I'm not playing rock, paper, scissors. But <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm shooting baskets with the guy right. or I'm doing something like that because we're in person. Um, but, um, yeah, it, being, in, we have a couple things that we, that we're going to do just to break the ice when yep. he, when he gets in there to kind of figure out some competitiveness things. Again, this is all pieces of the puzzle, right? It, you're it, it not, none of this is, you know, the time speed or the workout, like the tape is what tells the story. And now you're just trying to get to know the person yep. more uh, and what makes him take. And if he has that, what we what we want inside to, to be to be an eagle. Obviously, it's become a huge event. You know, you talk to people who have been doing it for 15, 20, 25 years. And it's like how different it is now compared to what it was uh, not a short, not a long time ago. When you look at the on field stuff, which is obviously the 40 yard dash gets hyped up so much. The bench press gets hyped up so much. When you look at the stuff that happens on the field, these guys go through. How do you view that in terms of grand scope when it comes to the draft process? Again, you're confirming or you're confirming some of the things you saw on Mm -hmm. tape. And that doesn't mean like, you know, that doesn't mean that because you got to watch the tape and how the guy plays football. I I know plenty of guys that they don't have good time speed, but they're heck of they're really good football players. And so you're just, you're just confirming some things that you think might be true. And, and sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. Hopefully you're right way more than you're wrong. But um, and, and you usually are when you're when you're watching these things. But it's just again, it's just a piece of the puzzle. And it's not like, oh, my goodness, like this game is played with people that are physical, um, you know, that are in the strength. And like it's a it's a it's a game that's just a physical game I mean, you're not no one's being physical with anybody out there. So right. we don't. You know, again, we're watching it to confirm things. It's a, it's a piece of the puzzle. It's not, you know, a, a guy, in my opinion, doesn't shoot up my in my mind just because he had a good workout. It makes us take notice in him a little bit more and vice versa. If we like a guy's tape and he has a bad workout, well, let's let's figure out why. There, there could be different things that, that can contribute to that. But you got to believe what you see on tape, and that's the main component of it of what you see on tape. The uh, position-specific portion of the workout. So after uh, the 40s and the shuttles and everything, uh, all the positions uh, go through the, that workout. Do you have a, a one drill uh, that you kind of like most? Uh, what are you looking for in that drill? I always like the where the quarterbacks throw one, you know, individual routes to, to the receivers. I, I do always appreciate that drill. I always like that drill. I think it's, you know, it's, it's hard on – I think it's hard on quarterbacks at times because – they're throwing the guys that don't have a lot of reps. So if we think about all the time that we put into, you know, Jalen and Quez or Jalen and Devontae being on the same page of how they run routes and where the ball is going to be and this and that. And then, you know, I do appreciate the the, the timing of that, of these guys throwing to, to guys they've never thrown to. Sure. The other one I really like is the gauntlet drill. Of course. I really, I really appreciate that. Um, and, and like watching that, you know, if, if a guy messes up at all in there, it's like there's another ball getting fired at you. <laughs> and um, 
And, I, and you know what? I think you can learn stuff from quarterbacks in that one. Like, you know, did he feel that the receiver had a hard time there? Or is he just rifling it? Is he, you know what I mean? So it's like I, I get a lot from that drill. I think you really see what a guy's hands are in that drill, you know. Um, so I know I'm I'm, cut, I'm singling out quarterbacks and receivers, but that's who I am, and that's what sure. I, I'll continue to do. So those are the two drills that I'll uh, I'll really uh, I, I really look forward to watching. And um, yes, if you ask Stout that question, he's probably not going to say <laughs> the same thing. Um, but I think it would be cool if we could get the offensive lineman to maybe do maybe do the gauntlet drill uh, every, every every once in a while. Get the receivers running through the bags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, Coach, thanks so much for joining us here on the Journey of the Draft podcast. Best of luck this week, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Ryan. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. Always great to be able to catch up with the Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, as we now transition into Draft Buzz, as I welcome in Chris McPherson, uh, C-Mac. We are here at the Indianapolis Convention Center uh, in downtown Indianapolis. Scouting Combine is here. We're back for the first time in two years. It's great to be back. Uh, phenomenal scene here. Look forward to seeing the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs meet the media on Wednesday. We're going to kind of set the table for the week here, but... Uh, Glad to get a little bit of a closer sense of normalcy here, being back in Indianapolis in person at the combine. This was the last normal thing we did before COVID shut down for us. I mean, yeah, we, we, got, we got back. Two weeks. It was, it was a couple weeks that we had before things shut down uh, back in 2020. So uh, good to be back here in Indianapolis. Uh, as C-Mac mentioned, we have uh, workouts that begin Thursday evening. Uh, so we have the, the quarterbacks and wide receivers Thursday night, O-line and running backs, and I believe tight ends uh, on Friday. And then we get into defense, the front seven on Saturday, defensive backs on Sunday. We will be bringing daily podcasts recapping all of the action. So after drills, you can expect a podcast the next morning. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman, head coach Nick Sirianni, meet the media. We will have another podcast. We'll also have uh, a really interesting interview with a member of the Eagles coaching staff slash personnel staff, uh, who's one of the guys that has a really unique title. Uh, we'll catch up with him tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll tease, tease it that way. You'll have to wait till tomorrow uh, for the a interview. A real secret uh, there. We're, no we're really kinda, yeah, we're, we're, we want to leave it on the hook a little bit there okay. uh, for our listeners. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to catch up with Nick Sirianni before we got out here to Indianapolis. What was uh, your biggest takeaway from the interview? You know, just I was really interested to just kind of get his thoughts. And I remember actually talking with Doug Peterson uh, for going into his first combine as a head coach, uh, just how it changes. You know, and he made the joke. He's like, yeah, like – I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there for the entire week as opposed to only being there uh, for a couple of days. But yeah. um, you know, it, it was great to catch up with Coach. Uh, you know, and even just kind of getting a little bit of background. We've got a piece that we're working on as well that will go up uh, later this weekend. But uh, yeah, I hope I hope you all out there enjoyed my conversation there uh, with Nick Sirianni. Did you uh, Did you have any big takeaways? I, I like hearing which drills. Yes, he's that was good to hear. In. Yep. That and obviously being a you know wide receiver guy, yes. of course he's gonna love the gauntlet. Yep, uh, love they picked out the quarterbacks throwing as well because of the fact that and that's why guys don't always want to compete here because you're not as familiar with the players you're going to be working with whereas if you wait to your pro day then it's like okay i'm throwing to the guys i've thrown to for many years but i do like that he made that point so it's like if you are a player that's worried about that it's like yeah yeah, like 
coaches know that. Decision makers know, like, hey, I'm a quarterback. I, I haven't worked with these guys. They're just trying to look at me and isolate me. No one's charting my completion percentage uh, at these workouts. So I do like that he kind of made that point as well. Um, no, like I said, uh, great to be able to catch up with him. If you want to get a little bit more info on who are the players you need to watch, who are the players to keep an eye on as the action gets underway here this week in Indianapolis, uh, two ways you can do that. First of all, you can rewind back in the feed. You can listen to our uh, Combine preview series. We previewed the top offensive prospects with Ben Fennel and Dane Brugler last week. Also, caught up with Jordan Reed and Ben Fennel later uh, in the week last week to talk about the defensive players. You can do all that, or if you like to read, Go on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app. You go on my Twitter page as well and check out my Combine Cheat Sheet series. The last one posted earlier this week. I went position by position, a bunch of different categories. Uh, C-Mac, it feels good to have those in the books. <laughs> well, what's great is the amount of work and detail you put into it because it's not just you know who Fran thinks you know based on his research will perform well. He's giving background stories. He's showing you what to watch during the combine, which drills are the most important. But one of the most underrated aspects is the context in terms of the numbers. So, like, okay, a guy runs a 4-5-40. Well, what does that mean? Obviously, it's different for each position. But he puts in historical numbers over the last decade what has been the average of height, weight, speed, drills across the board, the measurements, everything. Uh, so when you see these guys perform and a guy runs, you know, or does a, you know, 120-inch in the in the broad uh, jump, Joe, you'll know, okay, over the last 10 years, that would be average, good, not so good to uh, kind of weigh it against everyone else. And, and we'll try and kind of put those numbers in context as we get them uh, over the course of the week here on the podcast. And, and to your point, it's not even just the – the raw numbers to expand on that too. It's the the weight adjustment part of that. So uh, if you see a, a wide receiver who's 215 pounds, 220 pounds, and he does a broad jump of 120 inches, that's not the same as a receiver who's 180 pounds that jump broad jumps 180 inches. So uh, our 120 inches. I think that that'll be an important context that we could try and provide over the course of the week, and we'll try and do that here on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Uh, real quickly, CMI, before we get to our draft mailbag, we're going to try and keep this a little bit of an abridged episode uh, here for this one. Uh, just some reports uh, that have come out in recent days for some of these top okay. prospects, uh, unfortunately, that I wrote about, some of the guys we talked about, that are not going to be able to perform here this week. Number one at the top of the list, this is a report from ESPN, confirmed by multiple outlets. LSU cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, still recovering from that list Frank surgery. He got back in the fall. He is not going to participate here in drills. He will uh, wait for his pro day. So no Derek Stingley Jr., a guy that is one of the more physically gifted players, regardless of position, in this class. It's, uh, it's tough that we'll have to wait until uh, his pro day to be able to get those athletes. But do you think with Stingley, because evaluators, coaches, decision makers, scouts, know what he did as a true freshman, do you think it's more getting under the surface, learning more about him from a personality standpoint as to why he has not been able to repeat those performances? Oh, the for last sure. Of so that I think yeah. still he'll be able to improve his value here at the Combine. Yep. Obviously, the medical is a huge, huge component to it, but the fact that he'll still be able to get on the whiteboard to you know, break down the film with the coaches and explain what he's gone through in the years since that phenomenal uh, championship freshman season. Yeah, but I will try and preface that as often as I can this week, that uh, what we are going to spend most of our time talking about is going to be uh, the on-field portion of the workouts and the drill work and all the position-specific stuff. 
by far the most important part of this week is going to are going to be the the formal interviews, the informal interviews, both of which have already started for a number of positions. Quarterbacks and wide receivers have already begun meeting with teams. Running backs will begin meeting with teams, I believe, tomorrow, um, as well as offensive linemen and tight ends. So uh, we'll see that here in the coming days. Those are extremely important. The medicals as well uh, have already begun for a number of these positions. So, Fran, uh, did you uh, did you meet with the Eagles? <laughs> By far, my least favorite part of this. And I actually walked up. It was during um, uh, Dallas Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy's press conference. I walked up to our friend Jimmy Kemsky and I said, "Has anyone asked him if he's met with the Cowboys yet and how it went?" Like literally, my least favorite. These players all meet with so many teams. Every player, every team is trying to meet with as many players as they can. Typically, there's players that they did not meet with during the All-Star game process. It is so infuriating uh, that the that the time that we get spent, you know, get spent answering those questions, uh, really, really frustrating. That's, that's what I think. That's what it is. It's not that you're asking a question. It, obviously, you're trying to gain and glean whatever information you can, but it's a very limited amount of time you get with the prospects. So. Exactly. And to me, like, how often is it? Oh, I'm not sure if I met with them. I have to look at my schedule. Or, oh, yeah, I did meet with them. Yeah, it went well. Like, literally, like, I don't know what we're getting out of these answers 99.9% of the time. Um, you know, every once in a while you get something, but it's very, very Most, rare. I believe, I definitely remember from the 2020 combine, they can flip over their credential and it tells them who they're meeting with, right. like, every night. So, it's But pretty much, player X is going to meet with team X at some point. Even if it's not the formals, because teams can only, I think it's like 60 or 45, whatever the number is in terms of the players they can sit down with formal interviews. Anyone they don't get at the formal, they're going to meet up with in the informals probably multiple times because you don't get as much time. So, like, it's uh, every player is going to meet with everybody is basically the the, the cut and short short, and short end of it. Um, that said, let's get back to some of these reports. Uh, no Matt Corral. Uh, who you know that, that that's a tough one because uh, Corral uh, was the lone big name quarterback that teams have not seen yet um, here in the the pre-draft process. Obviously, we saw him uh, in the fall, but he's still nursing that foot injury that hampered him over the course of the back part of the season. Certainly caused him to uh, to miss a majority of that bowl game. Uh, so no Matt Corral here in Indianapolis throwing uh, on Thursday night. I mean, he's injured. Yes, there's not nothing you can do about it. it. Is. Yep. He will perform at his pro day. Yes, it would have been great to see him because we saw all the other, you know, who analysts think will be the top quarterbacks in this draft class at the Senior Bowl. So he would have had much different circumstances. It's uh, an environment where you can show off your skills and you're not worried about pass rush or things of that nature. Um, Would have loved to see him in the drills, the timing and testing drills as well, to showcase his athleticism. But we'll have to wait for the pro day. So really it's an opportunity for the other guys to step up. But again, still... There will be reports throughout the course of the week on how certain players did in the team meetings, yep. how they are on the, on the whiteboard. So he still has a lot to prove here while he's here in Indianapolis. I, I think you know it's important for us to remember that when we get those secondhand accounts, that and going back to our earlier part of the conversation, every team is going to have, or every player rather, is going to have so many meetings with so many teams. Some of those interviews are going to go really, really well. Some of them aren't going to go well. I don't know how many people, you know, if you've gone on lots of job interviews, you know, like, yeah, that one just didn't go well, uh, whereas this meeting went really well. You know, say if one of those teams that didn't go well reports it or gives that to a media member who then reports it, well, now that's just taking his gospel. Oh, this guy didn't interview well at the combine. That's, you have to remember that is one person's opinion uh, on how a guy did. So you have to keep that in mind as well. We also wonder, okay, if I'm a team – late in the first round and 
I'm hoping a guy slides Yeah, you're going to float that stuff too. Yeah, float, no doubt. You know, float this stuff out there, you know, knock him down a little bit, and uh, maybe my guy will be there uh, for me at, you know, it could be at any position. You know, the Eagles got three first-round picks right oh, now. So. Last I checked, it is March 1st. That means it is officially the start of line season uh, in the <laughs> NFL and here for the pre-draft <laughs> process. So, yeah, absolutely part of that uh, comes into play. Let's get into another report here, this one coming from Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. Uh, no Evan Neal. Uh, this week, who was uh, a guy, he was the number one uh, player on Bruce Feldman's freak list last year, the starting left tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, I made the comparison uh, to Tristan Wirfs, who was a large human being. The last time we were here in wow. Indianapolis, we just phenomenal. raved about his workout, uh, what he did at his size. Lane Johnson-esque. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. I think that's what you're looking at here, with, potentially with Evan Neal. Um, a, a large offensive lineman, uh, Ian Rappaport reporting that uh, more time to re- prepare. He just wanted to kind of take the extra time Obviously, Alabama had the late season. They played 15 games. Uh, he just wrapped up his season just a few weeks ago. So no Evan Neal here this week. That's the thing is he's put out such quality tape. You know, he's already by most mock drafts in the top five. Some have, have him as the number one overall pick. How much is there for him to gain here at the combine yep. going through those timing and testing drills? So, again, he'll have the, – the thing about it, and many people say this, is – if you mess up at the combine, you at least get another chance Correct. at your pro day. It's going to be one and done for Evan Neal. But again, he's someone who's already top of most people's boards overall. You know, it's probably, you know, he's doing what he thinks is in his best interest. With no combine last year as well, I, I think we will see, and we, uh, as the reports, were, as we're getting more of these players not necessarily participating, you know, so it might be a little bit easier to swallow and say, like, look, look, Teams didn't have a combine last year, and some of these guys obviously still drafted highly and performed well. So uh, George Karlaftis, this is from Mike Garofolo of the uh, of the NFL Network. Uh, George Karlaftis still deciding if he wants to work out. N'Kobe Dean still mulling if he wants to work out. He had an, a, another long season, 15 games there uh, for the Georgia Bulldog. A couple of players that are not going to work out. Michigan running back Hassan Haskins only doing bench work. He had a lower body injury uh, that prevented him from going to the Senior Bowl. And then Justin Ross, the Clemson wide receiver, he had mm-hmm. foot surgery late in the season. Uh, he will do his pro day, uh, but will not work out this week here in Indianapolis. And he's got an injury history, yes. so that's going to be something. Again, you're looking at guys who need to ace maybe some of the stuff that's not on the field. For Ross, the medical, a big question mark for him coming into this week. Yeah, he had the uh, the back or neck uh, injury that was right out of the spring of 2020, was discovered in spring ball, uh, ended up getting operated on. They worried that he was going to have to retire, uh, ended up missing all of 2020, came back and played this season. Obviously, that offense, uh, they were breaking a new freshman quarterback. It was a little bit up and down. But uh, Justin Ross, very talented player, but the the, the medical uh, will be the concern, and he will not participate here this week. So, uh, Mac, I'm sure there will be a handful of reports. I'm sure I missed a handful, but those were the big ones that I wanted to make sure I brought to the table. Yeah, and that's the thing is I'm excited to see – the underclassmen who I didn't get introduced to at the senior, senior ball. Sure. That's the big thing about So guys like Carl Aftis come to mind who you'd be very excited to see there on the track, especially someone like him where, you know, the scouting report is obviously, you know, very productive, but is he going to be the best in the timing and testing drills? That's We just want to see what the numbers are. Yep. It's one thing if they're not going to be out of this world, that's fine, but what is that floor going to be? So you just want to get a base there, but you know, the fact is, Amari is high motor player, uber productive, has a lot of physical traits to bring to the table. You know, it's he's going to leave that little bit of uh, intrigue for teams who are interested in him 
you know, coming up in uh, in April. Oh, a handful of players we covered there. Uh, just to wrap up that segment, we'll hit on a few more here to wrap things up with Draft Mailback. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. All right, let's get into a couple questions here from our draft mailbag. I want to hit on one from Twitter, but the best way to get to us is to go on to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment. We will answer it. Uh, if you've got a question, we will answer it here. If you've got a mock draft, we will break it down. We've got a couple of those from our Apple Podcast page as well. So three total questions we're going to get to. The, one Twitter, from Twitter. Guy, the Twitter guys jump in the line? Well, you, you know, you I, guys, I, solicited, I solicited for questions first. And I wanted to save the mock draft for the All end. Right. So I, I like doing the mock drafts at the end uh, to get right. us through questions. So we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do the, the the question here from Eagles Dad seventy three uh, on Twitter. What wide receivers best fit the Eagles' offensive scheme? Uh, you look at Ohio State wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Arkansas's Traylon Burks, USC's Drake London. Uh, putting one of those guys in the slot with Devontae Smith out wide, along with a free agent wide receiver, Quez Watkins, with Dallas Goddard at tight end, that would be nice. So uh, Eagles, Dad, you obviously you listed out a few. Uh, to me, like people talk about wide receiver fits all the time. and When I look at, at wide receivers and I look at the position, obviously so, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you want – guys with complimentary skill sets. Oh, you have a small guy, you go get a big guy. I don't necessarily know that that is the way you have to build your receiving core uh, in the NFL, in today's NFL. You know, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, like, that's not the way they operate. You can go around the NFL. That's not how a lot of teams operate uh, these days. And I, I get... I get that mentality of uh, building the basketball team. Hey, we want our, our power forward. We want our small forward. We want our point guard. You want to try and build all the guys with complementary skill sets. To me, it's, you know, you start looking at traits and can this guy get open? Uh, can this guy create with the ball after the catch? Uh, does he have the speed? Is he reliable at the catch point? All, all of that. You start checking enough of those boxes, regardless of what your body type is and, uh, you know, what the, the height, weight, speed is. What, what, what can you do as a, as a receiver? It's goes by scheme by scheme. Yes. And this goes back to what Nick Sirianni said in your interview with him where they're not going to overhaul the scheme after year one. There's, there's going to be tweaks, and we yep. saw tweaks during the course of the 2021 season. So yep. certainly there are going to be changes, but you just want to get the best, most talented players at you know across the board at every position. So at wide receiver, don't limit yourself and say, well, we need to have a Drake London because he's going to be the guy that gets the jump balls, the 50-50 balls, and the contested catches. No, just get the best receiver and make him fit into the office. Make it work. And the big part about fit that people that we often miss is it's not just about fit on the field. It's what Coach Sirianni talked about <clears throat> earlier in the episode about uh, you know finding our kinds of guys, the guys that uh, you know are, are, do they have what it takes to be an eagle like that. That part of the fit, yes, that is so so important. And everybody's going to feel differently about each player, as we talked about earlier. Uh, you know the, those interviews are going to be so so important as teams become introduced to these players up close and personal for the first time. So yeah, that's why I think I look back at Devonte Smith last year and and. Obviously, the route running, the separation was all phenomenal, but the maturity, yep. the discipline he had, the willingness to work and get better, um, the fearlessness he had, that um, the alpha, like, I'm the top receiver guy that came in from, from day one, like, it's those things that you can't necessarily see on the field. Maybe you could probably see some things on the tape, frame as you're studying these guys and, and the way they play. Um, but it's stuff that you don't really get to fully appreciate or delve into until you get into these meetings behind right. the scenes. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's get to our, a couple questions here from Apple Podcasts. We'll go first with Valhalla24. Left a five-star review on our Apple Podcast page saying, Congrats, friend. You have su successfully converted me to an Eagles fan, but 
Who do you think would be a dream scenario for the Eagles in the first round, both realistically and non-realistic? And would you trade one of those picks if you were the general manager? Also, I don't see a wide receiver as a first-round need for the Eagles, especially after watching uh, the playoff game. Do you agree or disagree? So a couple questions in there, C-Mac. Um, Five-star uh, review. We can uh, – Yeah, we can get into it. Look, to me, I think the uh, – when it comes to, like, dream scenario, having three picks, like <laughs> – it's tough to say, like, oh, this is the dream scenario because there's so many different combinations and uh, and things of that nature. And even when you're dealing with, like, trades, like, to me, like, the, people talk about, oh, well, trading down, trading up. If you're doing trade down, like, you need another team that wants to be able to trade up, whether that means getting more picks here in this class or moving back, you know, getting more picks in the next year. You know, you'd have to find another team that's willing to, to move those picks and be able to, uh, to reciprocate that. So that can be tough to find. Uh, to me, like, when it comes to, like, ideal fits – I don't know if I can like settle in on uh, here are the two players I think are perfect. I think the big thing is just finding guys that can come in and, and make an impact, right? And so whether that's on offense, whether that's on defense, uh, this is a team where you can make an argument. Guys in a number of different positions, corner, you know, literally like across. So you list out every single position. You can say, yeah, like I can see the team going this this direction. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a matter of like finding the value. My mom, uh, whenever we talk about Eagles, and I tell her I'm going to the combine, she's like, well. Who are the Eagles like looking at? Right uh, and it's like, Mom, we're looking for everybody. Yes. You know, we're sending you know our whole scouting department and everyone out there to check everything. So, uh, from soup to nuts. So, um, it's really just a case of you look at the Eagles' philosophy and how they've built this team over the years with Howie Roseman as a general manager. They're going to stay true to that. Now, what will be interesting, and I'm sure he'll probably be asked this tomorrow. And he kind of was he kind of t- talked about it at the end of the season. Does the philosophy change at all? Knowing you have that extra lottery ticket, almost that with those three first round picks, you know, are you maybe more willing to um, gamble at a position that you didn't have before? No, to me, I think you need to build the nucleus, build the future of this team. You look back at what they did in 2018 when they brought in Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox and Josh Sweat and Jordan Mylotta, like if you can have an impact with three first round selections to build the future of this team, whew, this team could be good for the long haul. And, and that's that. the thing is like, and, and that was a draft with zero first round picks. Correct. And you're, able to find, you're able to just target guys that really fit what you're looking for. And uh, you're able to hit on a majority of those picks. Uh, even go, go back to last year, more traditional first round picks, second round pick, third round pick. Eagles were able to hit, it looks like, right now, on those first three picks, right? Yeah. And that's what you're kind of looking to do. Uh, we'll see. It's obviously very difficult to be able to thread that needle uh, time after time after time. But uh, It's funny, just thinking real quick to 2018 again, this is coming off Zach Ertz having a phenomenal yeah. season, and you're using your top pick at tight end. Now, obviously, it's worked out because Dallas Goddard, from a physical trait standpoint, town standpoint upside er- everything is there to carry the mantle at tight end but you know how roseman is going to want to look down the line so it's maybe not necessarily the position you're thinking about today is something that may be quote unquote a need it could be what position is one injury away or maybe one year away from contract situation or whatnot to be coming a need try and get ahead of the curve on that well people like to talk about like i mentioned uh, the trade up 
scenario, and that's something that comes up here in the next question. Our final okay. one, 55 Ellipsis 55, with a five-star review on our Apple Podcast page saying, uh, former Bucks County native, living now in Southern California, thanks for making Philly feel like only one podcast away. What are your thoughts on trading up for an elite defensive end like a Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson or a corner like Derek Stingley Jr.? If they fall to X spot, at what point do you trade up to snag them? And here's a mock draft. So before we get into the mock draft where uh, 55 Ellipsis 55 actually trades up to number nine for Derek Stingley Jr. Um, I don't, to me, like, look, we know that Howie Roseman, he's open for moving up, moving down, moving back, moving forward, like anywhere, any way, which way possible. Uh, to, to me, it now just becomes a, a question of value. And at what point uh, is that value uh, right in terms of your team building plan? Those positions that he mentioned specifically would be positions that if he makes were sense, to move up, right. yep. would make sense. Yes. Again, those are positions back. that team when teams move up in a draft, it's for quarterback, pass rush, corner, and uh, and offensive line, yeah. offensive tackle. You could say wide receiver. Look wide receiver, receiver did, in there. You sure. know, yep. definitely. So impact the pass game. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So those positions wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. So, and again, Howard Roseman has been willing to move up, move down. It's yep. it's all about where the Eagles are going to stack the board. And they're learning a lot more about these guys this week. And then it's when guys start falling into certain spots, they say, look, that's too good. Now, if the grades are close, Eagles are going to say, look, we got three first-round picks. Why not limit, not eliminate the risk, but limit the risk as much as possible and give ourselves more chances to be successful with these picks instead of saying we got a mortgage, two first-round picks to – Get a guy to go up and get it. Well, guy. in this scenario, okay. uh, 55 ellipsis 55 was able to just trade the third round pick to move up six spots. My guess is it would take a little bit more than that uh, to be able to make Knowing that move. Knowing the Eagles have all that ammo. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, but I, I, one and a three, that probably gets you a, a few slots up, but I don't think that. Yeah, I can't imagine it gives you all the 15, way to nine, fifteen and nine. 15 a, pretty, a pretty steep jump, I would think, for just a three. Yeah, but. That 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 you know that, that's, a, again, that's a, another bridge is, to cross. Another day. But this goes into the type of draft this is, where with all the super seniors, is it deeper in those second and third rounds? Again, you're still taking a top ten talent away, but maybe you're saying to yourself, we can sweeten the pot and get a little bit more in the let, let's let's sell this idea. Let's get. Get this going. We're uh, you know just take a third round pick uh, to do so. Daniel Jeremiah brought it up on, uh, I believe, I, I'm almost positive it was Daniel Jeremiah on Move the Sticks podcast. Talked about uh, the super seniors element of this uh, yes. of this draft and how yes. we talked about that. You know, going back to last year and all these guys going back. Correct. But he said, and this is really interesting, and it's, and it's true because I'm in the process now of like taking going through my. Now that I've gone through like the combine stuff and we're here, and I've got a little bit of downtime before things really pick up this week, I'm just kind of going through and combing through my sheet and saying like, all right, who are the guys that are actually in this class and who can get bumped out. And there are a bunch of guys that went back because that extra year, that applied to everybody, like everybody in the entire country. So there were a bunch of guys that actually went back again for another year. So there were like fourth-year seniors this year who went back for another. So now they're going to have a, a whole class of super seniors next year. So while this is still a very deep class, it is, it is still a, and, uh, you know there were multiple GMs and head coaches uh, spoke today, and a bunch of GMs basically echoed the sentiment that, yeah, when you get to rounds two, four, five in this draft, it's really thick, it's really deep and talented. It's a really, really good group. Um, I don't know. I think we all kind of expected that, oh, all the super seniors are just going to stay in this class, and, and you're still going to have that normal influx of seniors with it. 
no, a lot of those guys went back. So it just seems like those guys are just keep bumping down the road until uh, that those years of eligibility kind of run out for those guys. But I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, a point there from Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, let's get to the rest of this mock draft real quickly. After Derek Stingley at number nine, George Karlaftis at 16, Tyler Linderbaum at 19. Two pretty good players. We've talked a lot uh, mm-hmm. about both those Certainly. guys uh, throughout the course of this draft. My guess is most Eagles fans would be happy of a trio. Derek Stingley Jr., George Karlaftis, and Tyler Linderbaum yeah, in round one. I wonder, you know, obviously we're waiting to see what happens with Jason Kelsey. Yep. And I'm sure, I, I almost wonder, will there be some sort of announcement tomorrow? Or some sort of, there'll at least be an update from Nick and Howie. Yeah. So. I wonder how much closer uh, we'll be to finding out Kelsey's plans for... Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for you to look at your phone and tell me there's like breaking news that Nothing yet, no. he's announced. So yes. would not uh, surprise me. So, But yes, that uh, if Kelsey comes back, I wonder how many people put Linderbaum in that conversation as well, especially after the team used a second-round pick on Landon, on Landon Dickerson year last year. Yep, no doubt. Uh, round two, a player you saw uh, at the Senior Bowl, Jalen Petrie, the safety Ooh. from Baylor, who uh, I've talked about. I've talked about him a number, numerous times here over the last couple of weeks, but uh, Petrie, a guy that you saw down in Mobile. Yes, uh, versatile defender, um, very tenacious um, ball hawking ability. Really produ- extremely, extremely productive. Not in like a like Ed Reed center fielder type way. He played more like in the box and, cl- and in the slot, but just big play after big play after big play. Tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles, picks, like just always around the ball. Yeah, I mean, and safety is, look, Rodney McLeod scheduled to be a free agent. Anthony Harris is scheduled to be a free agent. You know, safety position is one that the Eagles are going to have to address this offseason. So, uh, but, but no, it was, it was great to see Jalen Peter. I know you studied him. I know you're a fan of his game, so it was good to see him uh, compete. He was one of the better safeties at the Senior Bowl when we saw him last month in Mobile. All right, so we've got uh, one, two, three, four. We've got six picks here, and I'm going to kind of break them up into groups. You've got two more senior bowlers okay. and Wisconsin tight end Jake Ferguson and Florida running back Damian Pierce. Uh, Pierce, really physical, tough physical runner, early Pierce. day three pick yeah. uh, all day. See, um, I liked I liked Ferguson. Yeah, I, Ferguson is I a good like, player. I like Ferguson at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So, and again, it's a there's no Kyle Pitts right in this draft class, but a lot of options there, especially when the Eagles are going to be uh, trying to figure out what's the depth like. You have Dallas Goddard. Yep. You locked him in long term. Tyree Jackson's come off the knee injury. Jack Stoll. Um, was was involved more as a, a blocker, special teamer this yep. past season. You know, what's his upside? Um, you keep bringing Rich Rogers back, so there's definitely going to be some uh, some open spots for competition there. All right, two more players. Uh, neither of them w- will be working out this week for different reasons. Uh, Justin Ross, we talked about earlier, not okay. working out due to the injury, but a really talented player uh, when healthy. <clears throat> David Enneny, uh from Houston. He uh, is a converted linebacker, made the move to defensive end, uh, pass rusher, uh, not invited to the combine, but a high upside pass. You know, a guy that's, uh, for most draft like uh, analysts, he's like one, a lot of people's favorite sleeper, I, I should say, okay. uh, in this class. So a guy that keeps an so eye on So he's not a sleeper draft. anymore now that you're blowing up his spot on I, the I wouldn't say that. So. I don't have that kind of clout. <laughs> uh, then we've got two more Shrine players. Uh, Thomas Booker, the defensive lineman from Stanford. Uh, we talked about him. Ooh, was it with Emery? I believe it was with Emery Hunt uh, right after uh, the Shrine Bowl. Uh, said he really stood out. Emery, Hunt, Emery Hunt goes to every all star. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's a monster. I mean, he is the, the grinder of grinders. Yeah. Emery Hunt is one of the best. Uh, he's, uh, Thomas Booker, a defensive tackle, uh, technically sound, really good off the field as well. Uh, comes really, you know, and the versatility, defensive and defensive tackle, uh, flexibility, really, really important. And then Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor, uh, speedster. 
really reminded me earlier in his career of Robbie Anderson when Robbie Anderson was a Temple. He's a, he's long, lean, explosive. He's got that vertical ability. Um, so Tyquan Thornton uh, throwing, rounding out uh, that mock draft from five, five, 55 ellipsis 55. Uh, thanks so much to all three of you for sending in your questions. Again, the best way to reach us, go on, on over to Apple Podcasts. If you have a question, we will answer it. We'll break down your mock draft. We'll make break down uh, your big board. We'll break down rankings. Whatever it is you've got, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us the question there in the comment box. We will get to it here on an upcoming episode. We'll see, Mac. Uh, we've got a lot. We've got Daily Pod, the first of, uh, what, seven uh, Daily Podcasts here in a row here from uh, just outside Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown, downtown Indianapolis. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow right here on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.